Hey Ted, how's it going? Pretty good, Sam. How you doing? Good. Welcome to another episode of The Disposition. Um, we're going to talk today about my favorite NBA topic, which is the NBA draft. Um, but I have to say that before we start, this draft sucks. <laughs> is it's it the like, worst is it the worst draft you've ever seen well it's weird it's just like so bad up top but mm-hmm. actually there's like a ton of players i like like lower like um i don't know i think it might be a kind of a deep draft but man it really sucks up top there's just every player is so deeply flawed in this draft <laughs> um there's no player who you look at and and think that there's like they have a complete game on both sides of the ball, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess that's probably pretty normal. Well, then let me ask you a question. Mm, sure. Would you do you want to talk about the draft now or do you want to save it and talk about trades first? Oh, let's start with the let's start with trades. Let's do okay, some cool. let, let's do it like a news dump here. Um, sure. So what do you think about this stuff? What do you think about CP3 to the Suns? I am surprised, um, and I sort of wonder if maybe that's like a panic move that they're afraid that Booker will leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? Like they have been really that's that, that franchise has been like a mess basically since Steve Nash left. They haven't made the playoffs in a decade. They and and like the few times like they fell backwards into that really fun team where they had two point guards. It was like. Uh, Eric Bledsoe and, and Dragic. And they had Isaiah Thomas. And they had Isaiah Thomas. And they actually, I think they traded for Isaiah Thomas, and that was the problem. That's yeah. what submarines it, is that it felt like there were too many point guards. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it feels like they are like on the verge maybe of screwing it up again. Yeah. Um, and so maybe CP3 is just like trying to make Devin Booker happy. And I'm curious, too, about like the age difference there is pretty pretty massive. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if it's just like really exciting for someone like Booker, who's like a young guy, to play with like maybe one of his idols. Yeah, although it seems weird that anyone would have idolized Chris Paul. Like, I don't, I don't know that he was ever exactly that kind of player. Even though he's maybe like the greatest statistical point guard of all time. Like, um, yeah, I would push back on that a little bit. Just okay, okay. if you if you think back to his Hornets days, yeah. He was, like, actually legitimately cool. Yeah, when he was, like, throwing lobs to Tyson Chandler and shit. He, and yeah. he was, like, an underdog. He's like, yeah. He seems like a, like, like a yeah. like uptight dad now because of, like, his Clippers years yeah. and everything. But um, regardless, I, it actually might be a really good fit. Yeah, I was going to push back on your skepticism. I think it's a great decision for them. Like, um, it's only two years. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Booker's not going anywhere, like, right away. And I gotta believe that unless he suffers like an injury that keeps him out long term, I think he's gonna be valuable for at least this year. I don't know about next year, but like, uh, I mean, CP3 will be. Yeah. And, and I kind of think, I I sort of I I kind of think are they one of the five best teams in the West now, or am I crazy? Well, the West is so confusing; it's hard know, to say. I know. And they're and that like that brief burst in the bubble where the Suns couldn't lose mm-hmm. is sort of hard to, um, uh, it's hard, to, it's hard to like fully, are, are they that team or are, was that like, um, a mirage? Yeah. Well, and they did that without 
So they lost like Rubio and Ubre and like other considerations kind of. I mean, I don't think right. it, losing Jalen LeCue and Ty Jerome is like the end of the world, but like um I mean, they didn't have Ubre in the bubble. And so Right. Really it's just like in terms of what they had in the bubble, you're just talking about CP3 for Rubio. I really love Rubio. CP3 is a million times better. Mm-hmm. Um and I I just think uh they're gonna it i don't know that it makes them that much better defensively like i think rubio has some things he can do on defense that paul can't do at this stage even though paul is really good um but offensively i just think cp throwing lobs to ayton and like yeah booker and bridge it it lets booker be off the ball a little more that's huge yeah um i don't know i think I think that's a pretty formidable team if they can fill out the roster. Yeah, no, I agree. When I was saying that the Suns maybe were on the verge of ruining things again, what I mm-hmm. meant was like, you know, if they didn't do anything major this offseason and then they missed the playoffs again, isn't that the isn't that like around the time when someone on Booker's level is like starting to force their way out? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think I, there is like a panic move element to it. I agree I, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe the – but. Uh, you know, panic moves are oftentimes terrible and this one actually looks really good. So it's a pan. If it's a panic move, it's not, they didn't give up too much. Um, true. true. And I don't know. I, I understand why they did it. I don't have a lot of skepticism about it. Cool. Um, I, it, it will be interesting to see that that team's been letting Devin Booker do whatever he wants for a couple of years. Right. And he's worked his way into some pretty good habits, to be honest. But, man, is it going to be... How's it going to sit with him getting yelled at by this little dude? (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, constantly. (laughs) Like the scowl. The Chris Chris Paul scowl. I don't know. Um, We'll get to the Bucks in a minute, but what about Rocco to the Blazers? What about Robert Covington to the Blazers? It seems like a really good thing for the Blazers. I I love it. Yeah. They gave up a lot. They gave up uh I know that Covington's way better than Ariza, but they to give up two first round picks. Mm-hmm. I I do think there are things Ariza's better. Like I think Ariza's better guarding the ball. Um Rocco is a better shooter and better off ball defender. Um and Ariza's old, so I mean who yes. knows? Right, right. Um I I, I was tempted to say it was at like an enormous upgrade, but it feels like maybe a marginal upgrade given the two draft picks. Um, but I guess you got to go all in if you got Lillard. Yeah. You know. So it's a win now move, right? Yeah. But it's also um, uh, unbelievably good fortune for the NBA that like essentially every team in the West is in win now mode. Mm-hmm. And is gunning for the playoffs. Like that's actually ideal. Yeah. With the exception of maybe the Rockets are not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean the, that move is feels like um it feels like a fire sale. It feels um like a desperate attempt to claw back a couple of the picks they gave up to get guys like Covington and Westbrook. Yes. Right. Um That said, for that Rocket, if I don't know what's going to happen with James Harden. Like, shit could happen with James Harden while we're talking right now. Truly. Um, but 
I don't hate Ariza as a fit with Harden. Like, as a standstill yeah. shooter and as a as a defender uh, for this one year, I I guess I don't know how much better Covington is this year than Trevor Ariza. I think he's, how old is I think he's significant. I think he's significantly better. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I don't know if he's like a million times better. Like so obvious that he's better. I'm looking up how old Ariza is. I mean, I have Ariza. I have a memories of Ariza. He's 35 on the Lakers. Uh, next to Kobe, he's fucking old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's probably gonna sound stupid that I'm talking about Ariza this way, but but it also probably doesn't matter because that team probably is. I Blown to me it, it feels like foreshadowing. Yeah, it it feels like they're gonna try and get uh, whatever they can for Westbrook, and yeah. it sounds like Hart is trying to get out of town. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's my here's my maybe this is what it is. It's that. Um, Covington is a good player, but I think I've seen an, it, it's now two years in a row of teams trading for Covington thinking he's the answer. Yeah. Maybe. And well, I don't so think like, he's the answer. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but, uh, the Rockets tried to use him as a center and he wasn't half bad. I know. I know. I know. He's a brilliant off the ball defender. He really is. He's smart as hell. Um, and I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I liked him coming out of college. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Bucks, Right. Who have traded five future draft... Well, three picks, two pick swaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have given up Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson... Um, Ursin Ilyasova, who cares? Um, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. And those five picks that I mentioned. <laughs> and they've brought back Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, uh, I, they they cleared the war chest, right? They cleared the war chest, yes. Um, the team is going to be... The starting five will be Holiday, Bogdanovich, Middleton, Giannis, Lopez... Yeah. And I believe you're basically filling out the roster with minimum contracts beyond that. I, I haven't really looked much, but. Right, right. I mean, it's a huge upgrade in the back corner. Yes, totally. It's unbelievable. I was. I, great I, fit. I was a very vocal skeptic of, of their starting lineup last year. And so to me, like having uh, like an um, unrepentant gunner in Bogdanovich. Someone you trust to shoot, um, you know, basically whenever you touch the ball, great. Drew Hayes, he's great. No, Bogdanovich, and Bogdanovich has great feel, too. I think he Bogdanovich yeah. might play more point guard than Holiday does. So uh, the other thing is that, like, um, hopefully the offense has gotten more dynamic mm-hmm. or will get more dynamic because that was their big problem is that, like, they were – they had this one thing that when it worked, they look unbelievable, and when it got stopped, they didn't have a second option. Yeah. And now it feels like they put a bunch of different offensive playmakers and shooters on the floor. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I guess what I would quibble with is the is what you're calling a bunch. Like um, yeah. So no longer on this team next year. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a list. Um, <laughs> I guess Wes Matthews still could. I don't know if he's opted in or. I should have checked this. Yeah. But um, but he's kind of washed. Am I crazy? 
No, I, this is what I'm saying. That's what I was saying last year. Like, so, and then there, Corver expired. Mm-hmm. Pat Connaughton expired. Sterling Brown expired. Marvin yeah. Williams expired. So, all they have is Middleton, Giannis, Bledsoe, Lopez, um, and the two guys we just mentioned, uh, Bogdanovich and Drew. So, it's like a really, really great starting five. Yeah. They they also have Thanasis on Tedekumpo. <laughs> um and I just am not sure you could fill they're also hard capped um because of okay. the because of the science trade for Bogdanovich. So there's just g- not gonna be a ton of um like I don't know. They're gonna be filling out the roster with minimum guys, and I'm sure there's gonna be minimum guys who wanna play there. But yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe what do you think? There's been some snide comments about like the this they did this so that there's only five guys for Bud to play. <laughs> so, um, I mean, so my thing is that like every player on that list you just read off who isn't on the team anymore, yeah. those were the players who like did not strike fear into my heart when I was cheering against this team. Sure, I think Sterling Sterling Brown and Marvin Williams would be good fits on this team. Like I think it's. I don't know. Okay, I, but, but, I, I think I have a tough time finding players at the minimum as good as Sterling Brown and Marvin Williams. I mean, so but I would prefer to have uh, um, nine. I prefer to have four really good players instead of five fine players. Uh, nine five. It's a great point. It's yeah. a great point. I, see I almost got the whole point out. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Like you wanna, you wanna, um, you wanna, what's the word? You wanna consolidate talent in as few totally. roster positions as possible. Totally. Is great. Like. Ultimately, you're playing your best five down the stretch. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they do when teams play Brooke Lopez off the floor. Like, right. they, they don't I mean, have an answer to that question. They right do now. have an answer to that, though. It's so obvious. What do you mean? You make Ante Dacumpo play the center. Oh no! I mean, Which like literally. I mean, literally, who the fifth player is? Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But yeah. there are so many players who, over the years, have taken the veterans minimum to chase a ring. Like David West was on the Warriors. It's, like they're gonna find some players who see the opportunity it's and true. they show up in Milwaukee for it. It's true. I mean, Milwaukee is not San Francisco, but okay, okay. I um, agree, but uh, a ring is a ring. A ring is a ring. Yeah, I'm. I'm willing to go there. I'm. I'm just like a little skeptical. Also, I want to bring up. I want to ask you something. Yeah. Does is any of this necessary if they just go into the tax last year and keep Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, so I, I think the answer is definitely no. And it made me really, it, it reminded me of like um, in, you know, when um, the Thunder traded away Harden, right? Yeah. And it was sort of like this savvy move where they saved like a few million dollars. Yeah. And like two years later, they were spending like twice as much money for a worse roster. Yep. Uh, so it does feel like with the Brogdon move, they just sort of outthought themselves. Yep. Uh, yeah. I'm sure they regret it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. And similarly, um to that situation like okc back then had decided they would rather have a few good players than the one good player right like yes yes. we're we're gonna take a shot on all these different guys there was literally some like kevin martin is gonna replace his offense (laughs) talk a lot of that talk (laughs) um that i sort of agreed with at the time i mean i it was like cult of sam presti shit you know um (laughs) I, but I'm, I I guess I remain skeptical of the Bucks, even though I don't want it to sound like I love Bogdanovich and Holiday. 
like those are two players I would deeply want to yeah. be on the team I'm rooting for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm a little worried about their ability to fill out this roster. That said, I was also worried about the same thing as what I was worried about with the Lakers last year, and <laughs> I was as wrong as fuck about that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that was that Lakers team is an anomaly, and uh, a lot of that I think just it does come back to LeBron was on the team. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, and Giannis, maybe who knows? Let's see. Let's see what Giannis has in store for us. This yeah, time. fair enough. I, I my final thought on on that the, these trades they made is basically that they were too conservative for years. Yeah, and I'm glad that they finally decided to take some risks. Yeah, um, even if, as you're saying, they might not have paid off. Yep. Like you gotta go down swinging. Yep. If you're if you're afraid someone like like Antetokounmpo is gonna leave. Oh, and we didn't we didn't mention something, which is that if Antetokounmpo signs the max extension, mm-hmm. then you have to assume they had a conversation with him. He that he approved these deals, and he signed the extension after they made the deals. And so right, right. Um, not losing Giannis. Is, it has to be factored into the calculus of absolutely <laughs> invaluable. Yep. Um, okay. Before we get into the draft, I do just want to mention the Hayward Gordon Hayward situation with Boston. He had he was his deadline to accept his option was today at five o'clock. Him and the team have negotiated that back to Thursday, and there's a bunch of rumbling on Twitter about the fact that this is giving them more time to come up with tr- uh, sign in trades. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's what's happening. I I have a very hard time believing the Celtics want to sign Gordon Hayward to a long-term contract given their cap situation and like the fact that they're about to sign Tatum to a max contract next year. Right. Um, so I my guess is that what this means is he's trying to see him and the team are trying to see if there's a sign and trade out there um, where he gets the long-term contract he wants and the Celtics get back something they want. Right. Do not know what that would be, but I can guarantee you the Celtics will be looking to take back less money, um, as little money as possible. Right. Right. In order to stay under the cap. That's my guess. So if you were to bet on, uh, what the future holds for Hayward and the Celtics. Would you bet on like a uh Ainge like trying to swing for the fences? Using Hayward well Yeah. I think if Hayward opts in if he opts in, I think they see what's out there trade wise, but it might make sense to just keep him. Okay. Um like if he opts in, I'm not sure what you're getting. Um you know? Right, right. Yeah, but yeah. but if they can get something they think is decent in a sign and trade, I think that would be their preference, especially if they can cut some money and not have to worry about the hard cap through the sign and trade. So that's I don't yeah. know. That's a lot of like uh, nothing. There's no basketball in that conversation. It's just like <laughs> uh, like a, like using a calculator. And it's, a like a, yeah, it's like accounting. <laughs> yeah, but blah blah blah. Anyway, let's talk about the draft. Cool. Um, so let, just so our, uh, our listeners, uh, um, know what's going on here. I'm obsessed with the draft, although I have to say, like, I usually 
get obsessed with the draft starting during the NCAA tournament, which didn't exist this year. So I'm late and I've been doing all my research over the last two days, basically. Um, and you are not a draft person. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Do you like, I, do you like watching the draft? Um, there's like some, there's some like, um, sort of melodrama to it that I mm, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, though I will say the one thing I really hate is when someone gets stuck in the green room. Mm. Do they see, do they, sort of, they, they, do they do that still? Or is that not? They've okay kind anymore? of like, uh, the, the Intel's a little better now. I feel like it, it, you guys don't get stuck in the same way. There's no like Richard Lewis cry. That's, I hate that footage. I don't want to see anyone cry. Yeah. I, but there is a lot of sort of generally there's like good feelings. It's really exciting to watch like a bunch of kids get have their dream come true. By the way, maybe good for Richard Lewis. Like uh, second sure. round, he got like a big contract pretty early on. That dude made a shitload of money and had a great career. He did. Yeah, um, yeah, he was a great player. Um, maybe getting kicked in the ass on draft night helped him a little. <laughs> that I, I won't argue that. Um, here's my thing about the draft though is that. Uh, I don't understand these people who are like have strong opinions about like four or five different major sports. Oh, I know. And, and I, but I don't even realize how you do it with like two. I know. And so like, I can't watch college basketball and follow the NBA. I can barely follow the NBA because yeah. like there's so much content already. Yeah. So I just like, I've like, uh, firmly chosen exactly one thing to follow. Then and once they become NBA players, I'm interested. I'm paying attention. Before then, I just like can't yeah. can't be bothered. Well, I'm only interested in college basketball basically as a feeder system for the NBA. <laughs> but I am a I'm a draft head, lifelong. Uh, grew yeah. up rooting for the Celtics when they sucked, and the draft was like the only thing that gave me any hope. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm here to explain the draft to you, and so that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Um, well, here's my first question for you because I yeah. asked earlier about um, uh, if this was the worst draft mm. you'd ever seen, um, and and immediately what comes to my mind is there's a draft uh, a few years ago where Anthony Bennett went first. Oh, sort yeah, of an all-time bust. Yeah. And my question for you is: Is it possible we see something along those lines? It's a to, great. Uh, yeah. Like a surprise. Like, not just a surprise, but the thing where a team sort of uh, overthinks it mm, mm-hmm. and tries to go with some sort of like dark horse that ends up being like this huge colossal mistake. Yeah, um, I don't think so. Although, although you never know. Um, I, 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 I guess the reason I would say I don't think so is that it seems like the top three in this draft have been, and I don't agree with it. I'll we'll get into this, but like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sort of like a consensus top three of Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, and James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Edwards, Edwards is like a, your classic, um, like bulldozer shooting guard kind of, um, LaMelo mm-hmm. is like a total fucking enigma. He's, <laughs> uh, like, he's a field guy. He's like, um, He's he comes into the league as possibly an all time great passer, basically. Cool. Um, and uh, Wiseman is is a giant, um, like seven one, athletic, strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe has some touch, but I'm way down on this dude, I, and I don't think he's gonna be good. So why um, do you think that? Well, um, I don't think 
he's not good at defense. Like he he's naturally big, and he blocks shots, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, and I think like I don't think he's gonna be able to do. You know, there's all this different shit a big man has to do now. Like you don't get to just like play drop coverage and and protect the rim and like zone up the way you would in college or um i he's not going to be able to guard on the perimeter um and i and i don't know early on i don't think he's going to be strong enough to keep the like the post up guys from posting up um is this is he like a Jaleel Okafor? No. Uh i would say he, who he reminds me of is like is DeAndre Jordan more than okay like, yeah. um so he's like uh, yeah he's tantalizing the way deandre jordan was mm-hmm. he's definitely got way more touch um but similarly deandre jordan sort of always had a better reputation on defense than the reality of him right you know he'd block shots and get rebounds but you could you could easily fake him out kind of yeah i think that oftentimes what happens is the um like the spectacle of a block shot creates all this noise yeah. around a player that doesn't actually line up with like yeah. their effectiveness. That's right. And and um because what constitutes rim protection is so hairy and weird, we block <laughs> shots become just like a um what's the word when it's like block shots is like a stand in. Uh I want there's like a literary word I want that I can't quite huh. get, but um yeah. So anyway, but those guys have been sort of locked in as the top three for a while now, and I it's hard to imagine one of them doesn't go number one. And so, but you think Edwards could potentially be a bust? I do think it's possible Edwards or Wiseman could be a bust. Interesting. Wow. Um, Wiseman, it's harder to imagine. He's got he's going to be useful as a. Like at worst, he's a drop big who can block shots. There's this place for that, maybe for 15 minutes a game. I just don't know that. I, the other piece of this that I don't hear people talking enough about enough is: let's say you draft him in the top three, and he makes on his rookie scale, scale deal, he probably makes somewhere between like I, I don't know the exact numbers, but like uh, 35 to 40 million over four years or whatever. So and then and then you got to pay him, and he was the he was a top three pick, who probably has shown some flashes of potential. So now you got to pay him a shitload of money, right. and he's a center. And is it is it a good idea anymore? At like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the league's getting bigger again. But if if I'm paying somebody like that, I I think I need them to be able to be an offensive hub. Um. Like I, I want, I want Jokic, not, um, uh-huh. not, I don't know, who's the best defensive center in the league? I don't know, like Gobert. I, yeah, I want Jokic, not Gobert. That's right. It's uh, what you're talking about is like this really interesting sort of existential debate about like what the center's place in the league is, mm-hmm. and it feels like it is stratifying where you either want someone who's like one of the top ten players and you're paying like a max contract. Or you want some like off the scrappy. Yep. And there's yeah. like no middle ground anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Um and I think it's be it's because the unless unless you're impacting the game in a huge way, 
it's a position where it's easy to be played off the floor. Yeah, it's very exploitable. Um, and I think uh, there's some other guys I like in this draft, um, but I think uh, that Wiseman's going to be able to be played off the floor pretty regularly. Well, I think also we should point out here that on your draft board, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, your rankings, mm-hmm. you have Wiseman 15th. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like him. So um, should I talk about bigs? Do you want me to get into the bigs? Please. So, well, let me first say I have, I think LaBello Ball is the best player in this draft by a lot. Okay. Um, he would be my number one pick, and it's not even particularly close. Um, I then have a, a tier of guys still none of uh, that goes from two to seven still none of whom are a center so Mm -hmm. there's you have this list of uh guys uh isaac okoro tyrese halliburton anthony edwards killian hayes devin vassell and patrick williams all of whom are between six five and six eight um and are wings um and they range from like uh i guess like edwards who is basically uh, heavily uh, tilted towards offensive potential to Okoro, who's heavily tilted towards defensive potential. All kinds of different players on that list. But um, if I'm picking in the top five of this draft, I'm not even looking at bigs. Um, I just, none of them are, I don't think any of them are good enough to warrant that kind of like, even just like the simple money of the first, of the rookie scale contract. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be wanting to pay them that. Wow. Um, that said, there are two big. Well, there's actually three uh, bigs that I like in this draft. Um, so I love this guy Precious Achua from Memphis, mm-hmm. um, who was supposed to play with Wiseman this year. It's funny that Wiseman only played three games. Um, Achua is. Um, so there's these two guys, Precious Achua and Onyeka Kongwu from USC. And Okongwu is the one who's getting. Uh, we talked about this last time, but people have been comparing like Okongwu to Bam Adebayo, right? And like, uh, I don't think it's a good comparison for Okongwu. Um, although I do like his game, I think he's graceful. I think um, in a in a similar way to Bam, like it, it. I have like a lot of confidence in the way he moves, but he's just such a bad passer. Um, and I don't think his and I, I don't think he's got quite as much dribbling as Bam has either. So I don't know what he's going to be able to be on offense besides a rim runner. Um, I, he's got some post up skill, but you're not going to be posting up a, a six nine center in the NBA right now. Right. So the guy I really like though is Achua. Um, I think he's actually a good Bam comparison. Um, he needs to get a little bit stronger to get there. But he's got like awesome lateral lateral quickness on defense, um, and he even though it, it's funny like you watch the highlights of him and he like looks like a baby deer or something in some ways like he <laughs> he doesn't have total control over his body yet, but he just moves his feet really quick mm-hmm. um, for a guy that's as big like six nine two twenty five. Um, he like the shot looks pretty good to me, even though it isn't going in yet, and he only makes sixty percent of his free throws. I just like, <laughs> um, but Bam can't shoot it either. What I like about Achua is that he can dribble the ball, and I feel like, given he's a good like help side shot blocker, 
on defense and he's a good dribble. He can handle the ball on offense. And I feel like that combination seems to suggest to me, maybe incorrectly, like some sort of like nascent feel that he's going to have at some point. Hmm. So if I was taking a, a stab at one of these bigs in this draft, um, like at, if the Celtics keep their pick and it, and are picking at 14, I'm like dying for them to get a Chua. I would be so excited if they got mm. Precious Achua. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at with the bigs. There's another guy I really like named Jalen Smith, um, who went to Maryland, um, who, um, I don't know his weakness is that I don't know if he's going to be able to move move laterally enough to like guard switches, and he's just not that strong yet. He's six ten to twenty five, but. He's 6'10 and can shoot it. He's like a really good shooter. Wow. Um, Like the form looks great. And then he also rebounds the hell out of it and blocks shots. So it's, you got, I don't know, maybe um, who would be a good comp? Like there's a little bit of like Zach Collins to him or something that seems like it could be interesting if he can learn to like read the game a little more. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested in him too, but I think for me, he, he's a step below a Chua and a Kongwu. Those, okay. guys, those guys are the best bigs in this draft, I think. Do you think that there's a chance that because there was no tournament this year, that the draft will be like more accurate? Um, like there's not going to be any of like those, uh, like March Madness bumps where somebody has like a crazy run to the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, these teams have been studying these guys for basically a fucking eternity. Right. So it's like you're not like sliding by some weakness that like nobody's gonna notice, or that like you had like three good games and you made it to the like sweet sixteen, yes. and and now all of a sudden we all think that you can shoot because you got hot for like two days. <laughs> um, so yeah, I actually I'm glad you put it that way because I thought you were gonna ask like is the lack of the tournament going to make it less accurate? And I, I think it's a funny combination of like a, a pretty weak, like all of these guys are so flawed. Right. Um, and the teams have had like such a long time to pick them apart. <laughs> and so I don't know. I mean, I, it could be the kind of draft where if you, I mean, as I was making my list of, as I was ranking the players in this draft, I found that my list was incredibly different than what I've been seeing out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so I wonder if it turns into the kind of draft where a team has a read on a guy and feels really confident about that guy and is willing to like get pretty extreme about trading down or trading up um, to get their guy. Right. Uh, like if you if you like. Um, for example, if you the, the, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is this kind of polarizing player, he is a guard. He's 6'5", 175. Great, like it's so weird what he's great at and what he's not great at. So for a top level guard, he barely uses any possession. He's like totally average in terms of usage rate. Um, he doesn't really get to the rim at all. Um, and he's not he's a little too weak to guard the ball well um hmm. so it sounds like this terrible player <laughs> but he's a genius passer okay um he's got this incredibly bizarre shot 
um that's this kind of like weird sort of catapult motion um like behind his head not behind his head it's like out in front up here but like it's like very extreme in the wrist kind of wrist and elbow um but he's got because of this motion maybe i don't know he releases the thing quick and it looks comfortable out to like 30 feet it's crazy wow and it goes in um and yeah like i said genius passer um and really genius off-ball defender um, is just, like, so good at reading the game. So if you are a good team and you like a guy like that, um, I just think that's a player I would be... Um, if the if the value of these picks starts coming down because teams are looking to trade down, right, that's right. a guy, if I'm a good team, I'd be looking to trade up to get. Um, mm. That it might be worth giving up a bunch of like he's being mocked out at like eight or nine, seven, eight, nine in a lot of drafts. Um, you know, if Atlanta, for example, at number six wanted to trade down, I, I, I would be so happy to get Tyrese Halliburton at number six. So if, if like, if some team, I mean, I've heard the Celtics rumored this way, not with Halliburton necessarily, but you know, you package like 14, 26 and 30 and you move up. Right, right. That's the kind of player I would be looking to target in a move like that. Uh, So that brings me to uh, my next question, actually. Mm. Uh, Because I was thinking about, like, um, so the Warriors are are number two, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, they're a championship. They have been a championship-level team in the past. Yeah. I think there's a historical precedent for this, and you can fill in the blanks, I think. I think that, like, the Lakers, is this how they got Magic Johnson? Uh, they trade. It was ah uh, shit. Um, the trade was. I think they traded Gail Goodrich. Oh, okay. Uh, Never mind that. I'm, yeah. okay, I'm trying to think of an example of a time when a really good team, one of their best players, got injured and they were bad for a year. Oh, the Spurs. This is how they got oh, Duncan. That's like okay, perfect example. Right. So then we had Duncan playing against Robinson, right? Yeah. So is there um a chance that this happens to the Warriors, or do you think that that it makes more sense for them to try and trade this pick? Um, for somebody else who helps them win now? It's a really good question. Like, even in a bad draft, even in a bad draft, it's hard to be willing to lose the chance at a top-flight talent. Yes, right. Um, who are you getting? So, unless it's... Um, unless it's, unless somebody on the level of, like, Bradley Beal became available, mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't see who they would trade it for. I know there was some rumblings about like Drew Holiday before he went to the Bucks. You but you just can't give up that pick to get Drew Holiday. Okay, so then I guess like um is there a player in the draft you think you could slot right into the Warriors and, and who would help immediately? Yeah. Um uh so the all the rumors suggest they're going to take Wiseman, like okay. that they that they're wow. a team that needs a center. And the, the guy you're down on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 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 in the minority on this. People love Wiseman because oh, I didn't say about Wiseman. He's also, um, like people really like his makeup. Like he's humble and he works hard and blah blah blah. All this shit that I I don't put a lot of stock in that stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't like all the like weird like judgments oh, of these guys' personalities. I, does I he have a motor? He has a motor. Well. <laughs> I don't That's know. A joke. Was... In the highlights, I gotta say, not crazy about his motor. <laughs> like watching him. Um, well, to me, like that's another totally it's like, up. unquantifable thing. Like, we shouldn't be oh, using the like, word. 
yeah yeah like he's a motor of four <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so but outside of that um like that reality that they're they're looking to maybe take a big yeah um i there are players i love for them and i what i hope they look to do is trade down is to get like a decent piece mm-hmm. and move down a few spots and see what they can get for that um I would love Isaac Okoro for them. I think uh, it would be like he would fit in so well defensively. And even though he's not a skilled offensive player, he's got some like he can pass it a little bit and he plays with a ton of energy and he like he gets to the rim. I think he's a good cutter. Um, I could see and he, I think he's going to be able to guard like one through four pretty well. Um so I, I love him as a fit. I love Halliburton, who I talked about as a fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be exciting to see them take somebody like Anthony Edwards, given like all the great influences around him. That like It, it would be fun to see um, how he would respond to getting to play with. He's so talented. I mean, he, he he's incredibly talented. It would be cool to see him have all that space to work playing with those guys. Um, and then another guy... I, I could see um I could see somebody like Achua or a Kongwu. Like if they did decide they wanted to take a big. Yeah. Um I, I guess Achua is probably a year away from being able to like help them win the title. But a Kongwu does sort of seem like he could step in and give you good defense at center for like twenty five minutes a game in year one. Mm-hmm. A Kongwu seems pretty ready to play. Um so yeah, those would be the guys I'd be interested in seeing them get. I mean, you could you, the list goes on of like Devin Vassell and Aaron Nesmith. Nesmith are both guys who can play defense and make threes. So that you know that that's like a ideal fit on a good te- on any good team in the league, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you play wing defense and make threes? Are you of the opinion that the Warriors, um, that any one of these players could like? push them over the top in like a preloaded West. <clears throat> I love a He's, mm-hmm. he's my favorite of all the guys in, in I, I hadn't watched Auburn play this year and it, I loved watching this guy's highlights. I just, um, he's a special, special defensive player. Mm. Um, like I kind of think maybe almost there's a chance like that he could be like an Iguodala level defensive player. Iguodala came in as a way better. Iguodala was almost a point guard when he came into the league. He mm. had so many good ball skills that Okoro doesn't quite have. But um, in terms of his size and strength and ability, he just can guard. He's so good at every part of defense. So I don't know. I I could see Okoro playing a good role for them in year one. Cool. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Lamelo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have I have a bunch of questions about him, but yeah. I guess my first is you think he's better than his brother? Oh my god, yeah, he's he's way better. Um, cool. So, um, Lonzo was Lon, uh, Halliburton actually reminds me a little bit of how I felt about Lonzo coming out of college. It was like I was so Lonzo at UCLA, I was so excited about because it felt like he changed the way his whole team played basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was this point guard who didn't need the ball. And it it was all about like hit ahead passes and just like uh, making incredibly quick decisions. 
Um, so, and Halliburton has a lot of that in his game, like without mm-hmm. being ball dominant. LaMelo is like, if you took all the good passing instincts Lonzo has and put them into like a really, he's got confidence as a scorer. Cool. Um, yeah. and he's a little, a little bigger, I think too. Um, and so like, um, he's got like this great floater game. He's, he's got a similarly bizarre shot, but it goes in, um, uh, it, I just think, um, oh, where he's really special is in the pick and roll. He's just so good at running pick and roll. He has all the passes and that floater and the ability to shoot off the dribble. Um, so I know people are a little worried about his shot, like that it might need to be reworked, but right. his release is so quick. I just think, um, I'm, I, I, I get he's flawed. Like there are reasons to worry about him. He's, he's a little crazy. It's almost like too much flair. Um, but I just love when a young guy is trying out crazy shit so much. And I think the upside there, he he's the, he's the kind of passer who passes guys open. Like they don't know they're, they're not open and the pass somehow makes them open. I love that. Yeah, he's really special as a passer. So where would you where would you like to see him end up? I mean, I actually kind of love the fit in Minnesota. The Minnesota really? fit's hilarious to me. Um, I love the idea. I don't know how they'll guard anyone. But <laughs> but I love the idea of them drafting LaMelo and just, like, having the best offense in the league. And, like, um, so you think it would, you think that he could coexist with uh, Russell? Well, and... the problem is that, no, not defensively. But offensively, those guys could totally coexist. Mm. Especially with Towns. So it might be like not winning basketball, but it might be like really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. But he'd be fun as hell in the Warriors. Um and like if if Charlotte got Charlotte would I'm sure be thrilled to get him. Like Yeah. Um and I know and I'm sure the Bulls would be too. So you feel like basically anywhere he goes, he's gonna succeed. I just think he's special. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm so intrigued by the passing. It's like, yeah, to that be makes me really excited to be six seven. Oh, and his handle is is like wonderful. He's a tremendous ball handler, like a confident, really good ball handler. At what is si- at six seven? Yeah, that's impressive with that passing skill. Do you think that he can be? Uh, do you think there's like a ceiling for him for? playing defense or he's got i mean he's got size and he's got feel um so i don't see why he can't be good off the ball i'd be at his height um it's he's not a guy who's like slithering through screens maybe yet like okay he's got some work to do yeah (laughs) um but i do think you know he's so big um if he can move his feet and I think he'll be able to guard twos. I'm a little worried about him guarding ones. Well, um, let's move over to the Celtics now. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to give you some room to maybe... I feel like you definitely want to talk about like your dream scenarios. But, um, you know, I was going to ask you about also your nightmare scenarios, but now I feel like maybe we shouldn't uh, tempt fate. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's just. Let's I mean, I have, I can talk about nightmares a little bit. <laughs> I like, 
maybe I'll talk about nightmares first. My nightmare at at, at fourteen, like fourteen's the only pick where I really have nightmares. Okay. And my nightmare is that we draft like, um, basically that we draft one of the um, like high upside guard. Like who? Oh, the, like um, there's this guy Josh Green out of Arizona who's like a wing that I just don't like. I don't see him being a, like, I don't, I, it, it doesn't feel like he has any feel really to me. Um, okay. He's like a great athlete who doesn't like finish at the rim. I don't understand what's going on with him. Um, there's some other guys. I mean, I don't think the, the, maybe my most radical opinion here is that I think Obi Toppin like kind of shouldn't even be drafted in the first round. Um, so <laughs> where's he falling on other people's top draft 10, boards? top 10 okay. for sure. Wow. He was the best player in college basketball this year. Where did he play? Uh, at Dayton. Okay. Um, it's like, here's my comparison for Obi Toppin. What if Al Horford was three inches shorter and bad at defense? <laughs> so what is he good at it's a great question he's good at like shooting he's like a really good screener in the pick and roll he's good at all that like al horford offense stuff okay like you know how al horford is like a b plus at everything yes yeah so like a b plus at everything on offense and an f on defense <laughs> in every way wow yeah that sounds like a nightmare um um so and then I guess I went into this exercise thinking uh, that there were these three guards I thought I was going to hate. Um, and I kind of liked them, but not enough. So I'm talking about RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, and Tyrese Maxey. And I don't want, I don't want to end up with one of those guys. I, like they're, I like them. I get it, but I don't want the Celtics. I just, I want them to draft guys who are like, um, who are like one or two quirks away from being really like starter level players. And those guys all feel like backup guards to me. Um, So who do I want? Um, There are like, there are mock drafts where Isaac Okoro falls into the teens. And I, I, he, to me, he's the second best player in this draft. And I would love, love, love if the Celtics ended up with like, this great young defensive wing. Like, I just, I just think you can't have too many of those guys. Um, so that like a total fantasy would be a Coro falling to 14. Uh, I would be so psyched if Devin Vassell or precious Achua fell to 14. Mm-hmm. Achua might not even be considered falling. Like he's getting mocked to the Celtics in a lot of drafts, which is exciting for me. Nice. Um, Vassell is uh, we I haven't talked about Vassell much, but he's uh, like a big wing from Florida State who he what he's good at already is shooting threes and playing all kinds of defense. Um, But it's unclear at this stage if he's going to have enough feel offensively. But I like he's so talented and like he's definitely going to be able to play defense and shoot threes. Um, So I'd be psyched to get him. I would be also psyched another I would be psyched to get Jalen Smith um, or Aaron Neesmith. So that's another big and another three and D guy. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to mention that I think I mentioned this the other day, but um, that um, Leandro Balmaro, uh, this uh, player um, who played for Barcelona this past year, um, who's being talked about as a possible draft and stash guy. 
Right. I, I like him a lot. I had him, um, I, he's 16 on my board. Um, but I would be pretty psyched if the Celtics, um, like just, if they want, if they, if they don't have money and they want to use the pick and he's willing to like wait a year before coming over, I would be pretty happy with getting him there. I think he's going to be good. He's fun mm-hmm. as hell. Really good passer. Um, yeah. So, um, and then the other guy, I would actually be okay with at 14, um, but who's not being mocked anywhere near the top 20 on any draft board I've seen is this guy, Jaden McDaniels uh, from Washington. So he's who I want at 30, at 26 or 30. Um, Jaden McDaniels. So I'll just talk about a few of the other guys I really like in this draft. Cool. Um, so this is in the 26, 30 range where the Celtics have a couple picks. So Jaden McDaniels is, um, he's like this 6'9", uh, really skinny. Um, he reminds me of Brandon Ingram and, and and in that way reminds me of Kevin Durant. I, I don't want to make the Durant comparison. It's ridiculous. But I do, like, I'm not sure why Jaden McDaniels isn't as good as Brandon Ingram was as, like as a prospect. So I don't totally understand why he's so low on these boards. Um, he's like a really bad decision maker right now, but at his height, I can't believe how good he looks as a catch and shoot guy. And he blocks shots like on defense. He he like um he's active, um, and he he seems like a little lazy maybe, but I think like with the right co- I just the talent there seems to be like incredibly high to me. Mm. Um. And he moves his feet really well for a guy as tall as him. So I think there's a chance he could ultimately like live at small forward, even though he's huge. Um, and so if if the upside there is like Brandon Ingram, but a shot blocker, that's like a really exciting player to me. Um, so that's a guy I hopefully... Um, like I wouldn't even mind. He's 14th on my board. I wouldn't even mind seeing the Celtics take him at 14. Um, so a couple, and then I I suppose there's a chance that um, someone I mentioned above, like Bomaro, could fall or Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy I really like is Robert Woodard from Mississippi State. Uh, Woodard's like a huge wing, like six seven two thirty or something two thirty five. Um, and he is, um, I think he's going to be able to be three and D like, I like his, um, I like his shot and I like his ability. I think he's going to be able to guard fours. Like he's big and strong. I even think he could handle fives, like in a kind of Robert Covington way. Um, there was a comp for him. Some, I saw a Marvin Williams comparison for him. And I, I think like he could come in and be that like at, like already like, um, he's oh, just wow. like he's big and strong and he makes threes like that seems valuable to me, uh, even if he doesn't have a lot of feel. Um, and there's some like cool highlights where he was guarding Tyrese Maxey from Kentucky and just like totally staying in front of him, and Maxey's like a water bug point guard like <laughs> so that that was really cool. Um, so that's kind of it for like the upper level guys that I really like. Um, 
but then so in terms of lower level guys like um who you could get maybe even at 47 in the second round um i just want to mention a few players like a bunch of players that i like um the guy who i had maybe the two guys that i had like higher that it was like surprising to me how high i had them were um elijah hughes and um uh who am i missing Elijah Hughes and Tyshawn Alexander. Tyshawn Alexander, I actually had really high. Uh, I had him at 17 on my board. So they're both um, like skinny swing guys. Um, And they're both... um, So Tyshawn is... uh, I I just don't see like what his weaknesses are exactly. He's like... um, Except that he's a little weak, Tyshawn Alexander. But... He's going to get stronger. He's already a great shooter. He's great at the line. He's great at shooting threes. Um, he's not a point guard, but he actually can like run a pick and roll and make simple reads off the pick and roll as the ball handler. He's incredibly fast. He like blocks shots as a guard. He moves his feet really well. Um, I just think he's such a good prospect. I don't totally understand why he's not being talked about as a first-round pick um, very much. And then um, Elijah Hughes is a little different. Like I love, he was like stuck at Syracuse, so it's hard to with playing zone, so it's hard to know if he'll right. be able to play defense. Um, but similarly, he's like a great athlete who blocks shots. He's got great form on his jump shot. Um, I don't, uh, you know, some questionable decision making, but he he had to be the guy on offense, and I think that role wasn't good for him. Um, so those are, those are two guys I really like. Um, I wanted to mention a few other guards. So, um, Desmond Bain from TCU is like a total weirdo. Reminds me a lot of Malcolm Brogdon. Um, just like totally solid. I don't see that any way that guy's not like a success as a basketball player. Um, and then Xavier Tillman, who's a undersized big from Michigan state that guy's the smartest player in this draft. He's like, I can't believe how good he is as a college player at like, um, just like everything having to do with feel on both sides of the ball. Like such a good screener, such a good roller, like a really good ball handler, a really good passer. Um, like definitely like NBA level already as a passer off the short roll on the pick and roll. Um, and really smart and good on defense. He's just a little undersized. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else. There's like a couple of great shooters. Isaiah Isaiah Joe, um, is going to be like a great shooter. So he's worth looking at. Um, there's like a bunch of good guards. Like I mentioned all those guards earlier that I think are overrated. Some of the ones I think are underrated are Nico Mannion from Arizona uh, and Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. Both those guys are like really exciting point guards in terms of feel, um, and I think they'll be they'll be good on offense. I'm not sure about defense. Um, and then I do I just want to mention Cassius Stanley from Duke, uh, who's like a your prototype six six wing, um, incredible fucking athlete. This guy's like. I think I read that his vertical is like 46 and a half. 
Um, wow. Which That's is crazy. insane. And, and he's got beautiful form on his three pointer. Uh, he doesn't seem to know how to play basketball, but I, <laughs> I don't see how you like, how's he going to fail if he's that good an athlete and he can make threes? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's sort of those are the guys I felt like. I guess I didn't mention Tyler Bay and Paul Reed, who I really like, but it's it's not worth going into them. That, <laughs> um, that was a lot. I just threw a lot at you. Well, I mean, uh, it's good that you got it all down. Yeah. For posterity, and so that in the future, if you're right about any of these guys, you'll have like uh, evidence that yeah. you saw coming. Yeah, the guys I re- I would uh, the guys I'm like staking my reputation to in this draft yeah. are Isaac Okoro, Precious Achua, mm-hmm. Jalen Smith, Tyshawn Alexander, um, and uh, who was the other guy? That's it. Oh, and um. And Elijah Hughes. Those are the guys I have, like, way higher on my board than, like, anyone else has them. Yeah, You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, any uh, – can I just ask you one more question? Are there yeah. any trades that you're rooting for? You Do you mean, like um, – In the league. Involving, involving the draft? Or no, involving... I mean in the league. Oh, um, no. I mean, so, like, for me, um, I think that – I was. I wanted to see the Bucks make moves. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to see Chris Paul. I thought Chris Paul was going to end up going to the Bucks or yeah. to Philly. Yeah. Um. So he Chris Paul got moved, and then also Philly, they picked up Daryl Morey, who, and now it seems pretty clear that they won't make any major trades. Yeah. So I feel like that for me sort of ends it. And with the other other than Hayward, yeah, uh, affecting the Celtics roster. I just want to say really, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't rule out. Harden to the Sixers. I just, I, I just, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> for for who though? Um, like something having to do with Ben Simmons. Ah, man, that's awesome. That would be so crazy. I mean, it probably won't happen, but I, I'm just telling you, don't rule it out. Well, um, it'd be interesting to see what Embiid looks like playing next to somebody like that. It really would. Yeah. I think it give us a much better understanding of really how good he is. Yeah, that's true. Um, are there are there any um, my final draft question? Yeah, do you have any inkling of what Ainge might do? No, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm partial to these rumors that he's interested in trading up. I, I I'm so part of why I'm I'm surprised they were willing to push back the Hayward decision is that I don't know like what they're gonna I don't. I don't know what the money situation is. And I don't think if Hayward opts in, I don't see them using these picks. So that like, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but right. Right. Um, I'll, I'll just let, let's end with, I'll, I'll just tell you who, what I'm hoping my, my most realistic hopes for this draft for the Celtics are that we get a Chua at 14. Okay. Jaden McDaniels at 26. And, uh, and I'll go with, Charles uh, with Xavier Tillman at thirty. That's that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, secretly, I want Tyshawn Alexander at thirty, but Tillman's probably smarter. <laughs> All right. All right. That sounds good. Okay, man. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, man. <laughs>